You are listening to The Book of Firsts, a podcast where we flick back through the pages of our guests' lives to uncover three of their most profound first-time experiences. A memorable first they've had, a first they want to have, and a first they wish they'd never had in the first place. I'm your host, Emma Tyndall, podcaster and producer, and this is The Book of Firsts. Today, I am joined by chocolatier, presenter, world record holder, and all-round legend, Oliver Dunn. Born into a family of chocolatiers and growing up with a chocolate factory just down the stairs from where he slept, Ollie can quite confidently say that chocolate runs in his DNA. Having lived the childhood dream, which sounds like something straight out of a Roald Dahl book, it comes as no surprise that Ollie followed in his father's footsteps and took over the family business. Ollie has taken chocolatiering to a whole new level, from encouraging others to unlock their creativity, teaching them the likes of tempering and making truffles, to creating his own weird and wonderful products such as chocolate trainers, caps and french fries, all while keeping the business afloat during the pandemic with virtual chocolatiering events to corporate clients, including the likes of Google, Facebook and Gymshark. As well as being one of the most charismatic, passionate and genuinely lovely people I've ever met, Ollie's desire to spread knowledge, love and chocolate sensations makes him a force for good in a world which can often feel very overwhelming and uncertain. It is such a pleasure to have him on the podcast today. Ollie, welcome to the Book of Firsts. Oh, wow. Emma, it's such a privilege and that just filled my heart with pure joy and love, like listening to that, that just made me love myself a little bit more so thank you for that oh. <laughs> that was a beautiful intro what, what a wonderful person you are honestly it really is a pleasure to be here with you I'm, I've been excited for, for this so thank you for having me oh no thank you so much for being here ever since I met you I was just like this guy's energy like we need this on the podcast I need this in my life <laughs> you see that's so funny because I didn't know that I had that until you messaged me I didn't know that I had that impression on you so I think it just goes to show that like when you put you know good energy I don't know it just it just you don't realize how you can affect people I always say that I feel responsible for my own energy because whatever I put out into the world and put out to other people is either going to be positive or negative and you know that will have a knock-on effect so I'm I'm grateful that it's yeah just delighted to hear that Oh, that's, that makes me happy as well. Oh, look at us. So sweet. <laughs> I, I always I thought it. when I met you, I was just like, you literally have the coolest job ever. Like, I mean, you must have also been the most popular kid at school. Did you always know that you were going to go down the, the chocolatiering route, like following your dad's footsteps sort of thing? It's an interesting question because when I look back, I think it seemed like such the obvious thing to do that I almost avoided it purposely because... It was, you know, it was expected. And I think my dad used to say, you know, when Oliver's old enough, he's going to join the business and that's when I'll grow the business. And yeah, I was I was a little bit kind of like, no, maybe I want to do something else. And I kind of wanted to be a radio DJ or something like that. But the things that I wanted to do, I felt were out of reach, like they, they were not mm. possible. And I don't know whether that was just influence from friends, family, feedback when you say you want to be a radio DJ. Or can't you think of something a bit more realistic, you know? Um so I did. I went into the family business because you know it's chocolate. I mean, who doesn't love chocolate? And it was, it was every day was different, creating different things and learning and 
uh, and working with in the family as well was, was an amazing thing and and still it's and it, yeah I didn't realize where that was going to go and I know we're going to talk about that so I won't, I won't go too far <laughs> down the line but you know it, it has been a, and continues to be an incredible exciting journey with all these surprises along the way <laughs> mm. I mean, you're talking to the right girl here because I have chocolate every <laughs> single day. So I concur and I'm incredibly jealous. Oh, <laughs> Can I work yeah. for you? <laughs> oh, well, I'll, absolutely. You'll have to come over and see me and make some chocolate with me. Um, yeah. But I definitely need to send send some down to you so you can. I mean, you've tried it actually, haven't you? Because I, I have. When we first met. Yeah. I and have. That's important. And it was top, top, top notch. Um, let's let's move on to your uh, first first so this is your most memorable first experience um, was having your daughter Romy yes of course of course yes I mean that's just still blowing my mind every single day Um, when I look at her and she's changing every day but yeah I never I always wanted to be a dad but I didn't realize how in, impactful that would be on me as a person and on my life and on every day of my life. So yeah, I, when that happened, it was, yeah, it just blew my mind, the the love that I had for her and that mm-hmm. only seems to grow. And yeah, it's just exciting to see her little personality coming out. I love it. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine, I, I speak to people who have children and they're like, you just don't know what it's going to be like until it happens yes. and nothing can yeah. prepare you for that. Um, what no. was sort of the fundamental shifts that you experienced other than of course, like lack of sleep and just, you know, yeah. <laughs> the craziness of it, but like in you as a uh, person. You know what? It's just the natural instinct to look after this small human that even getting up in the night um, to see what she needed was was never a problem and I always thought you know it would be this or you know tiredness and complete change of life but in in almost like a negative way but it was quite the opposite so I was you know just impressed with how things came so naturally to me in terms of like wanting to just care for her and um, but I think in general it was more meaningful life just has more meaning for me um everything that I do I do now for a reason so my why is stronger and I think that fuels my fire more to just to make my days count and it probably helps me with procrastination because I'm like you know if I'm spending time away from my daughter I want to make sure that I'm using that time you know, to the best advantage of myself, my business, our, our future, the family's future. Mm. And that doesn't mean that I don't procrastinate. It doesn't mean that I don't still have bad days where I can't get going. But I, I always, I think it's important to, to make sure that even on down days, you still get things done, even when you don't really want to, um, or I can at least go home and be like, you know, I've actually ticked off a couple of things there, or I've propelled myself in the direction that I need to go. So I think direction is the most important thing and not speed. And I think momentum. So as long as I'm doing things that are helping me just to keep that momentum going. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You say that about like all the, the kind of different shifts, because I wanted to ask you how, um, it affected your relationship with Kim, because I remember yeah, reading, yeah. um, Ryan Reynolds tweeted when he had his kid, he was like, I used to say, like, I used to say to his wife that he'd take a bullet for her. And, you know, but then when, when he had his 
baby he he knew that in that exact moment he would if he was under attack he would use his wife as a human shield to protect that child yeah, I remember that, yeah. and i like i loved that because it was so funny um but i mean did do you experience that as well like how did that shift for you um i think for me we we had a number of years where we, we went and traveled a little bit. We did holidays and so we didn't travel for a consecutive long period, but we did here and there, like a tour around Italy and we did like LA and go to Vegas. And I think, I think we got to the point where we needed that growth in our relationship and our marriage and, and that next step. And when Romy came along, it was the most amazing time because we'd had lockdown. So we, I know lockdown was, was hit and miss for, for couples in general. Like it was either going to, make or break you but I think we realized that we actually got on which was great and we loved spending time together so that lockdown kind of brought us closer because prior to that my business was crazy like I had like 25 people working for me up and down the country all of this was what I thought I wanted but then when it was removed it, I realized that it wasn't serving me it wasn't making me happy and if anything it was it was I was a prisoner of my own success really because I was so consumed by it that I couldn't be present really in, in almost any moment because um, anything could go wrong, particularly at weekends when it's which is supposed to be downtime. So I didn't really have any downtime, and it and then that sort of stifled my creativity and my happiness, and it, that in turn would have affected my closeness with Kim because I was so distracted. Um, but you know, so lockdown made me more present. Having Romy brought us together more as a family, you know, no longer were mm. we husband and wife, but we were we were family now, and I think that um, has only been a, an amazing thing. Um, and like I say, that just that just grows and just gives so much more meaning. And and we do work well, well together as a team. So I think I think that's important when you have a, a little human that you've got to be able to work together as a team. Um, what what does it mean to have um, a daughter to you? I always thought I'd have a son um, at first. I don't know why. And um, I couldn't believe how having a daughter made me feel. I don't know. There's something super precious about a baby girl um, for me that is just, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't had a son, so I don't know what that's like. And I know that will be the most incredible um, gift as well. But I just think, I don't know. It makes me appreciate life and 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 women even more like i don't know mm-hmm. seeing her start as a new baby and looking after her i suppose makes me just it's kind of hard to kind of put it into words but there's, there's a really special bond between me and her and i've known that from the start but yeah i just think it's a yeah, it's a phenomenal experience Be, being a dad to a, a daughter is, is is probably just the most proud I've ever felt you know it's just yeah. makes me feel so proud yeah 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 no I see it in your face when you talk about it you just light <laughs> up and it's so sweet I, I, I said that I find it hard to put it into words but maybe I didn't have to put it into words maybe my face tells the story I yeah suppose. it really does it really does I can't like it I can't even look after my house you were that little bit. yeah yeah <laughs> But you were that baby and, and, and I was and my wife was a baby to her parents. And it makes you realise that we all came from being like a little tiny baby that was doted on and given up like abundance of love and, and you know, with nothing to worry about. And every morning she wakes up with a smile. She's not thinking, oh, I've got to get this done today or am I going to get it done, yeah. this deadline? And 
you know, I'm feeling a bit anxious this morning. You know, she's not thinking about any of that. And I, t- I think I take inspiration from that as well. Definitely. Her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good point. I love that. I think we all forget, don't we, when we become adults that actually we did all at some point in our lives, not really give a shit about anything. And the yeah. tiniest little things like our mum smiling at us was like, make us laugh. And you're like, wait, how did we get yeah. from there? Yeah. What happens to us? Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's a whole other. Like, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, don't worry about things you can't change don't worry about things you've got no control over be the best version of yourself appreciate the small things yeah smile people smile back like i mean life is amazing it's such a it's such a blessing every day is a blessing um especially when the sunshine and blue sky lights (laughs) (laughs) does make it a lot easier to appreciate doesn't it it does Let's move on to your second first. So this is yes. a first that you want to have. Yes. Um, but, so yes. something that you've never done before, but you want to do for the first time. Um, and yours was traveling to America. Sorry. And this one, the naked bike ride. Tell me what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always see this. They do it in Manchester. It's a naked bike ride. And I thought I couldn't do it in Manchester. A, it's too cold. And B, it's, uh, <laughs> it's um you know, you might see people that you know. I'd rather do it somewhere <laughs> that I don't know anybody. I went to Formentera, um, a little island off Ibiza, and I didn't realise that my friend got married there that the whole entire island is a nudist beach. Like, every beach is a nudist beach. So I was like, oh, I'll give this a try. And it was like the most liberating uh, feeling, just walking along the beach, just in nature, as nature intended. And, yeah, that was that was awesome. So... Yeah, the bike ride, something that I might do maybe in a warmer city. Um, yeah, but also without the without the padding, like that just sounds like the yeah. most uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> See, that would be something that you would talk about for a long time, isn't it? Like imagine the the sights yeah. and uh, the feeling of that. Yeah, you definitely have a num bump, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I mean, your your visions to sort of go to America. I remember reading it in your note, and I I thought this actually when I met you. Like you are you are such a positive person and so excited for the the future. It seems, and I think yeah. that when you said about America, you know, conquering America, conquering the world, conquering the trocoverse and the metaverse, um, yeah. <laughs> like you're you're. It's kind of really inspirational. But I just wonder whether you ever experience any doubt in that or whether you put it put it out into the universe and just sort of hope for the best like how do you manage those expectations I guess I'm a big believer in what you talk about comes about and that you can sort of talk things into existence and I I genuinely believe that because I've actually I've experienced that myself where I've I've spoken about things and they have happened like for example i applied to be a blue peter presenter and i created a show reel which was about 10 years ago so it's quite funny to watch back watch it back on youtube so i made a big chocolate blue peter badge and i applied to be a blue peter presenter and i i didn't get it obviously but it, the process was amazing and i think that that links in with what you're saying there as well like i just enjoyed the process that creative mm-hmm. process of kind of making things happen and creating and opening doors and creating opportunities and meeting new people and everything you do leads to something else and anyway with the blue peter thing i always said i told every i told this story every single chocolate party that i did since because there's a picture of me actually in my chocolate party room with the holding this big chocolate blue peter badge 
and it was at Media City where they filmed the show. And I gave the, the badge to the team and I exchanged some emails with them. And I said, look, if you ever need anyone um, to come on the show and make chocolate, I'm your man, keep me in mind. And this, I must have set, told this story for about 10 years, but every time I told the story, I said, one day they're going to give me a call. It's going to happen. I, they, they, I know they will. And, and, and it happened. Like, so, yeah, I'm a believer in, you know, manifesting things and believing in them. But mm. I think when you talk about things that you want to do, all the people um, then start to share that belief. And I think that helps you with your own belief. Like, it reinforces it for you, gives, gives you more confidence in it. But also everybody you speak to um, about the things that you want to do, like somebody might say, oh, um, I could probably help you with that. Or why don't you, have you spoke to this person? Or have you thought about doing this? And it's taking action as well. Like I don't think yeah. manifesting by sitting there doing nothing, but I think taking that action and inspired action, as I would call it, where, you know, you are making little moves and they might seem small, but they are sort of going in that direction. So with my, <clears throat> my dream to travel around America in, in a truck or a camper van, like a chocolate truck, and uh, literally just rock up in different places, like making chocolate with people and and making giving them chocolate to taste like they've never tasted before. And mm-hmm. um, I think you know that that inspires me and excites me. And I think it's important for me to stay excited and to be excited every day. And uh, yeah, I mean, you don't know who you're going to meet, and um, you know, I could meet some film producer that working on a show for Netflix and they want to create something. Um, I think the father and son element would be great as well because me and my dad, we get on really well. And, uh, you know, we've done trips together. We went to Ghana in Africa in 2017 wow. and I recorded some of that. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that that will be something that will happen. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter because I'm still going to be excited and having fun talking about it and dreaming. So. Yeah, see, I love that. And that last bit you just said there is just like the key, I feel like, to enjoying the present because I I also yeah. fear manifestation because ah, of like, right. like saying things and then if they don't happen, knowing ah, in my right. head that I didn't get there. And it's something that I've been trying to work on for a while now. That's interesting. Um, but what you just said there about like, even if it doesn't, if the thought of it yeah. makes you happy and excited... Yeah that's great yeah, then, like why then you're not satisfying yourself in the now and it's all about the now isn't it so yeah. that's only going to help move forwards on other things so it might not be that that's the thing that happens but by having those conversations might lead to something it might be that i do get a show with netflix but maybe it isn't traveling around america you know uh, but yeah. i think the fear is an interesting one because i do have days where i doubt myself and i think oh god like does anyone even care like is anyone bothered about me posting videos about chocolate do i need to <laughs> do my live show on a wednesday i don't know i could get some guests on but do they really want to come on i'm mm-hmm. just mithering people so you get these like limiting thoughts coming in and um, imposter syndrome I, yeah. I, imposter, yeah exactly my friend ben and i talk a lot on voice notes and we have a podcast together called going in deep and um, we, we sort of embrace embrace that, I suppose, and just know that it's part of the process. And that uh, I think we, we always try and keep each other up. And things like listening to your intro there, um, you know, that's, that's going to put fuel in my fire today. And I think it's surrounding yourself with the right people that kind of remind you of your worth when you don't have, when it's not there. Because I feel like every day we set and we always need that reminder that, you know, we are enough and we are, we are amazing and we're awesome. And, and I know that's some of the things you've spoken about on your, on the podcast is like, love yourself. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, but yeah. It also accept that you're not always going to, and that 
you are going to have days that your dreams feel impossible. So yeah, really far away. Yeah. 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 That's that's great. I love that. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to your final first. So this is a first you wish you'd never had. And yes. now you've kind of cheated the game here a little bit, Ollie. I'm not going to lie, yeah, but yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, I'm going to let you off because I feel like you have yeah. a good reason for it. So tell me what you're thinking about the first you wish you'd never had. So I basically alluded to the fact that I'm made up of every single moment in my life before now. Like I am my experiences. And so therefore I, I am my failures and my, my successes and, so I don't regret anything, like things that have gone wrong, things that I've haven't, you know, gone as expected. Or I literally, yeah, I don't think I have any regrets. I've, um, I mean, I've done some silly things, and I've, I've done, you know, I've, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I have any regrets in the in the past, mm. if that makes sense. So um, I think that's really you kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah, yeah you, you only have lessons. Um, Every second of your yeah, life is making it, you yeah. you. Yeah. And I do I yeah. do understand that definitely. Um I, I mean I had a, a psychologist come on the podcast, I think it was in the end of twenty twenty, um, and he and we were talking about regret and how is it possible to regret right. something if at the time you were doing exactly what you wanted to do. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. perhaps it's only possible to regret if if you're not living authentically um mm. to, to your core yeah. values, sort of thing. Right. Um Right. which you know you you seem to do really well which i think is is admirable because a lot of the time we get confused and conflicted by our surroundings and maybe do things which we wouldn't have done had we thought about it a bit more um yes so i guess with the whole yeah. first time experiences thing it's like doing something for the first time whether that's you know running away from home or or you know mm. having an argument mm. with a best friend you n- don't necessarily re- regret that but maybe there are elements of it that you might want to change sort of thing I think yeah absolutely I think with everything um regret I think can just eat away at you and and guilt and things like that I think you have to just take lessons from from experiences and draw a line under it and move forward and it and it makes you who you are it makes you a stronger Mm. person so Mm. you're trying to think of what I need I'm trying to think of what I am I am (laughs) Just gonna say, say, came out of a tent playing Wonderwall with a guitar, but literally just a guitar. So there's a theme here, isn't there? I was literally just naked with a guitar. Like I don't, I can't even play the guitar, but I was just like strumming away, and and then I got all these people singing Wonderwall, like low, you know, it kind of had a knock-on effect. And you just imagine this like naked guy with a guitar and all these people singing Wonderwall. But that was the sort of thing that I used to do and I still do, just like to surprise people and uh, change the energy. And I remember, yeah, I remember once there was. We're in a pub and there was a bit of a fallout and I was like, oh, I don't like the energy in here. I don't, I don't like this animosity. So I went outside, put a mankini on and then walked back in in the mankini. And it was like, I just wanted to break that. I'm just allergic to any negativity. So I'll just do whatever I can. To... And when I was a, well, I said kid, when I was about 16, 17, we used to go on like holiday to Magaluf with the lads and um Again, there was an altercation between the group because there were six of us and we'd been out in Magaluf on a night out. And uh, I think to break that, I was like, um, we call it beat the ball. So I let the lads just grab anything out of the cupboards and pour it all in and they made this concoction. 
which is absolutely disgusting. I'm pretty sure some of it wasn't even edible. And I consumed this and they were all taking pictures back back in the day, which was disposable cameras. Um, and the next time I did it, it was beat the basin. So I was literally in the shower and like just in my swim shorts and let them just like cover me in all this yeah, quite good fun, really. But it's just my way of uh, keeping the group together and making myself feel more comfortable by <laughs> positive positivity. By, yeah, by getting stripping <laughs> off and getting naked. Yeah, there's definitely a theme here. No, yeah. Well, <laughs> if the, it the works, naked chocolatier was, was something that that happened, and um, I, it started off as a joke, and then in the end, I ended up running parties mainly for Hindus, where I would have like naked guys making chocolate with the groups and occasionally i did have to take one for the team and i didn't normally do these parties but i did have to step in occasionally and you'd just be wearing an apron um, and boxes actually that said the naked chocolatier on the back but it was uh yeah that was quite an experience and i couldn't believe that i actually paid these guys to turn up and make truffles with a group of ladies and eventually um have chocolate poured on them and licked off so I mean, stop. Yeah. That was that was that was what happened. <laughs> but that was that was pre-COVID. You and I haven't gone back to that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah you never know. Yeah. It might make a it might make a comeback at some point. I don't know. We shall I think see. But it was an experience. I would. I would. Um, I would go to something like that. Definitely. I'm just popping a quick note in here as I'm currently sat in the cosy and comfortable home of this season's sponsors, First and Last Coffee. This glorious cafe was ironically, and I'm not just saying this because it's on brand with the podcast, but it was the first coffee shop I ever set foot in when I moved to Toronto. And my God, did it set the bar high. The coffee honestly tastes amazing. The 60s vintage style interior is super quirky and fun and it takes every ounce of self-control I possess not to pick up one of their delicious breakfast sandwiches every morning on my way to work. If you're around the Annex neighbourhood, then you absolutely need to check them out. Pop in for a coffee, browse the vintage clothes rail or soak up the sun like I'm doing right now in their little courtyard area. Huge thank you to First and Last again for sponsoring the show. Speaking of, let's get back to it. So this is quick fire first. So this is just a little game we play at the end where I've got a pot full of prompts here. Um, And I'm going to read some of them out and you have to tell me the first thing that comes into your head, if that makes sense. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So our first one, it is a time you've made a tit out of yourself. First thing that comes into your head. Um... Well, I mean, I didn't think I made a tit on myself, but technically I did. Um, it was my way of expressing myself and enjoying myself. So I used to make this noise that sounds quite like a mating call. And I did it at uh, Ben Cassim Festival, and it's very loud. Like, it's like, a, I'll do a smaller, like, version of it now. It's like, oh, like that, but, like, amplified by a thousand. And I can still do it. And and it will travel. The sound the sound travels, no and I literally literally managed to do it in this marquee, and it, it silenced the marquee. I don't know what people thought it was, but we have got it on video somewhere. And um, so, yeah, technically, everyone would have just turned around and looked at uh, me. I assume so. I, I I could say that I made a tit out of myself doing it, really? but I did enjoy it. <laughs> That's so funny. What year at Benicassim was that? Arctic Monkeys played. I'm not sure what year it was. 
but it was yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. That's <laughs> cool. That is that is yeah. pretty embarrassing. I'll let you. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, our next one. <laughs> I know it was not when you were saying a mating call. I was like, what is he gonna do? <laughs> um, our next one is. Oh, you kind of covered this earlier, but maybe you'll be able to think of another one. But um, yeah. a time you felt really proud. I, I think probably the, the TV work that I've done. So obviously mentioned like Blue Peter um, and then Steph's Pack Lunch. So I've been on Blue Peter twice and uh, we, we get a badge each time as well, which is which is even better. Um, but when I've done Steph's Pack Lunch, I've been on there, I think it's about five times now. But I think Steph referring to me as their resident Willy Wonka or resident chocolatier and um, that makes me very proud and I remember that my mum texted me on my way back um, from Steph's Pat Lunch and she said well done Oliver you were amazing and you are living your dream I think she said and that made me very very proud mm-hmm. to think that she's seen me have these crazy ideas about wanting to be a chocolatier on the telly and do all these like very ambitious things and probably at times thought god i wish you'd just be a bit you know calm down and be a bit more normal and uh, i don't know she probably didn't think that but I, I think she's seen this process and and when events like that happen you go wow he's actually done this and i think that was when my mum texted me it made me realize that mm. you know the, the things that i've been wanting to achieve have actually are actually starting to happen so yeah. And isn't it funny how like often we need, well, I, I personally do, but it, it takes somebody else saying that to yeah. actually fully yes. realise that you feel proud of yourself. I'm glad you said that. Because it's almost like sometimes you don't quite take it in or mm. quite recognise it enough yourself. <laughs> I'll give you an example of that when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> swimming for the first time here's another first so I was swimming in the in the pool on holiday in Tenerife or in Greece actually maybe Rhodes and I was swimming without armbands and stuff for the first time my dad said Oliver you're swimming and I said am I and as I said that <laughs> I sank <laughs> so I recognized that I was doing it until he said and then that yeah. obviously completely threw me off balance and off track and then I just like went, went and thunder. But I think that happens with me though. Like I don't quite see the bigger picture sometimes. So when I've got people around me that, that kind of give me, that believe in me and, and congratulate me, it kind of, I go, oh yeah, you know what? I suppose I should be quite proud of that. It's pretty good. Um, but when you're in it, mm-hmm. you're, you're sort of focused on what's next and you, you can so not true. quite take it in. Yeah. yeah, I think so many of us are guilty of that. I definitely, definitely do that because we're not really taught mm. how, like nobody ever mm. tells you that, you know, congratulate yourself or say well done because then it's, I, I don't know, it's just not in human nature. Maybe it's a British thing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is a British thing. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's certainly throughout my life, I've I've done the opposite of congratulating myself and I've more so dumbed things down, which, you know, so I'm not to appear like I'm showing off or something like that. Mm. And um, whereas I, I, I think I'm learning now to congratulate myself a little bit more um, just to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah, it does feel good. And it feels so much better than just telling yourself constantly that you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that, you need to be doing better. Yeah. Like, 
fuck off I'm just proud of myself yeah yeah Yeah, exactly definitely I think that fuels yeah yeah well Ollie thank you so much for coming on the podcast Uh, I hope you've enjoyed reminiscing (laughs) I've loved it yeah I have reminisced actually yeah and I'm definitely feeling uh proud now and uh excited to go and attack the day attack the day and what's what's on the cards for um ollie the chalk in the next few months what do we need to look out for and where can people find you and taste your chocolate find me i'm everywhere on the internet (laughs) it's ollie the chalk um, and you can taste my chocolate you can can order on my website ollythechalk.com um i've started now going doing some real life events as well as the virtual events that i offer so yeah, I've got a premises in Stockport and, uh, and I do lots of stuff online, so videos. So, yeah, I think it's it's all about just being consistent, keep thinking up new ideas, keep being creative, excited and, and just putting it out there and, and see what opportunities I can create. 